you, you adapt to your circumstances. Right. You, you adapt to right. what you have. Yeah. And I'm thinking we spend so much time worrying about the stock market. We spend right. so much time right. worrying about, oh, is Russia going to attack us? We spend right. so much time worrying about things that hopefully will never happen. Right. right. But if they do, mm-hmm. we will adapt. You are listening to The Resolute Podcast, a podcast designed for American church leadership and a ministry of decision mentoring. Today, episode 45, Ministry on the Front Lines. Here are your hosts, Chet and Tony. Hey, Tony. Hey, Chet. Did you know that the original purpose for our middle names was solely for us to tell when we were in trouble with our mothers? (laughs) I did not. But it makes sense. It does make sense, doesn't it? What's your middle name, Tony? Well, you know, I got two, but uh, you have two middle names. Yeah, it's Anthony David. Really? Yeah, and then Markel. What? <laughs> what? I know. It's just Anthony it David Markel Smith. Yeah, my mom could just roll them off real quick when I was mm, in trouble too. Wow. You add another one onto it, and it makes it even worse. How do you spell? How do you spell Markel? M A R K E L. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. You're pro- learning that lead, uh, the uh, listeners are learning something new I right prob- now. I probably and, shouldn't have told that. And <laughs> probably not, because I may call you Markel from now on. Yeah. You know? So, hey, Markel. Yeah, okay. I look like a Markel, right? Yeah, Marshall. Markel. Isn't that wild? I will never forget that. You know, so, <laughs> wow. You know, uh, I have all I have is a letter. Do you know that? You know, I did know that. Yeah. I think you told me that. G. That's all G. I got. I just have a G. G Barry. My sister got Annette. She got two syllables. I end up with just a letter. So anyway, that's the story of my life right there. (laughs) Stuff. So hey, we are uh here with our we have a very special guest today. Yes. Um, a friend of ours from a long time, my former boss, uh a number of years ago. Uh John Samples is with us. John, it's really cool to have you here with us. It's cool to be here, and I'm glad that you're uh Little joke there was not a setup about my middle name because we don't want to go there. What? Oh, now we have to. Yes, we kind of do. I know. I know your middle name. I know you do. I know. That's why I thought I saw that. Yeah. 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 Do you know what his middle name is? No, I have no idea. Really? It's Wayne. John Wayne. (laughs) There you go. go. And it's not what you think. (laughs) It's. How do you know what we were thinking? Okay, so what everybody thinks. Ah, uh, that's good. It's point. what the border guard in Israel thought that got us out of trouble. One yeah, day. but it's not that. I remember those days? Yeah, yep. yeah. Well, hey, we are here. You know, it's good to it's good to joke a bit. It's good to laugh, um, and we we certainly do our share of that on this podcast. And and uh, those are all really good times. But uh, this is a pretty serious uh, subject today. Doesn't get much more serious than this. Um, uh, John, when, when I first approached you about being on this program, um, uh, I, 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 for some reason I had not put the two together, uh, because, uh, your, um, relationship, your, your connection there to Ukraine, um, well, that, that goes back a number of years and, uh, I wasn't really directly involved with that. Um, it was part of another ministry we were involved in together. Uh, but I kind of forgot about that. And then you you brought it up. You said, you wrote back and said, hey, you want me to 
to talk about Ukraine. And I wrote back and said, absolutely, I want you to talk yeah, about that. Didn't mean a whole so, a whole episode, but you know, right. just wanted to yeah, but, throw it out a little bit. But, but I'm just telling you, yeah. wow. Um, it's good. Yeah, what what a, you know, what a... Get, but give us a little bit of history about how did you get connected with Ukraine and uh, um, how did we come to sit here today? Well, when I came to back to Indianapolis... Um, went to Lighthouse Ministries, which was ostensibly a homeless shelter. Right. And uh, the fellow who was running it at the time, Dale Colley, um, just had tremendous vision, hmm. uh, expansive vision. And long story short, uh, they were trying to figure out how to, he, he had he'd gone on a mission trip to Ukraine, mm-hmm. is, my, is my recollection, and fell in love with these people. Hmm. And in the course of trying to help the orphans who are basically, uh, you know, they get kicked out for the summers. They get kicked out when they're 15 or 16 or something like hmm. that. And hmm. it's just a really tough time. So anyway, he put together a, a deal, bought a, a former uh, Soviet military training camp on the Sea of Azov, turned it into a church camp, turned it into half church camp and half resort so that it could generate be self-sustaining. Yeah. Uh, and then they opened up five businesses, uh, oh my goodness. In, in a, in a nearby town, uh, to generate profits, to pay for the camp. Right. And, uh, and, and pulled it off. And, wow. And, uh, so, so I was actually hired, um, for economic development ministry, my, with a business background, he brought me in to, to help run the businesses in Ukraine and to develop that whole, that side of the ministry. Nice. Nice. Very, very, very. In what years was this, this been, John? Just kind of curious. 1840. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, 2002 okay. was my okay. first trip to Ukraine. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So oh, 20 years. 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jeez. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, I was just wondering, you know, John, um, you know, we think about all that's going on there. We see it on the news. We see, you know, just the plight of um, devastation. It, some things that I've, I've witnessed seeing it on the news are things that you never, ever imagine seeing um, in, our, in our era. You know, right. may, maybe 70 years ago or something you thought this would have happened or some faraway place that, but uh, Ukraine being fairly developed country right and you see this right i just wonder because i and always wondering you know when things like this happen especially here you think the ukrainian church saw any of this coming were they aware (laughs) that this was you know on the horizon no i don't really no you know i've not been there in double digit years right Uh, so i'm not claiming to be the expert on that but judging by TV interviews, mm-hmm. uh, two days before the, the invasion, uh, there were people in Mariupol, Mariupol being, uh, let's not argue about pronunciations, guys. Right, this is, <laughs> right. right. But, sure. but, but there were people in Mariupol saying, uh, you know, Russia's never going to do what, what you guys are saying. It's, there's no reason for them to do that. We're not a threat to them, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and but on the other hand, your question was specifically about the church. Donbass Don has been under attack for eight years. 
with this kind of stuff going on. And it seems like a lot of Americans weren't aware of that. That's right. right? Uh, in, in talking with, with uh, the pastor that I've stayed in touch with, he told me two or three years ago, he said every family in that town, and this is 300 miles away from the Donbass, from uh, Herson. Um, and uh, he said every family in his church and every family that he knew had lost somebody in Donbass. Wow. And this was, like I say, two, three years ago. Yeah. So uh, given that, uh, and, and, and I'll tell you that I, I talked to him yesterday, which I had been wanting to talk to him for a long time, but the cell phones weren't working and all that kind of stuff. Right. I'm, I'm driving along yesterday looking at one of his devotions uh, on Facebook. Hmm. And I see this little phone thing up in the corner of Facebook. I'd noticed it before, but I'd never clicked on it. I didn't know what would happen. I said, see what happens. So I clicked on the phone, rings about three times, and I hear this voice, John? John Samples? <laughs> wow, who knew? Yeah. So just had a tremendous conversation with him. Um, and and this is getting back to your, your question. Um, you know, I asked him a, a whole range of questions, but, you know, are, are you okay? You know, are you going to be okay? Right. And he says, uh, we're okay for now. And forgive me for not continuing his accent. Yeah. He says, uh, we're okay for now, but we are just beginning to hear. He uh, He's in occupied Ukraine right now, mm -hmm. uh, one of the very first cities to be uh, taken over. And uh, he said, we're okay for now, but we're beginning to hear what the Russians have done in other places. Yeah. And we know what the Russians have done in Donbass for years. Hmm. So we assume that our turn is coming. Wow. But right now we're okay. Yeah. So did they know? I think the question is if they did, would it have changed anything? Right. Hmm. So um, uh, this guy has always, and I'm, I'm not using his name uh, or his city Right. I think it would probably be okay too. Yeah, but, but why? I, it's his story, right. and mm -hmm. uh, right. I was sure. I was so enthralled with the conversation. I didn't have a chance to. I I, I just spaced asking yeah. him permission. Yeah, yeah, that's and, fine. Uh, so, but um, just just a tremendous pastor, tremendous church. Uh, they were running several hundred people in three services on Sunday, and they're now down to one service. Mm -hmm. But mm. still having church, hmm. Um, hmm. so I, yeah. And and for lack of a, I don't know, a better explanation, but Ukraine, um, they experienced revival, people coming to Jesus for for a, a great season mm -hmm. there. Hmm. So strong church, very strong church. Um, I, I will. I'm going to call him Vanya just because I need to use a name. And Vanya is John, so that's what I'll, I'll go with Vanya. Uh, one of the first things he said to me yesterday, he says, this is not about Ukraine. This is about the church. This is about what mm. God wants to do in the world. And God is doing something. Wow. Mm. wow. And he says, you know, I, he, he doesn't claim to know what it is or to see it. But uh, he says, I, I know God is doing something. And so that's what we pray for. You know, we would mm -hmm. like to have peace, and we pray for peace, but we really pray to be part of what God is doing. How do how do they as, as how does he as a church leader? How how do and, and for that matter, how do church goers? Okay, even 
how, how do they keep from hating the Russians? You know what I'm saying? I mean, uh, let's get real. Let's get real practical here. You know, for a moment. How do they? How do they? How do they? How do we keep from hating our our enemy and those that are literally trying to rob not just your way of life but your life itself? Well, I've had enough conversations with Vanya to know to feel good about how he would answer that. Okay. And the short version is it's not about this world. Hmm. It's about the spiritual world. Hmm. And if troubles here cause growth in the, in the church or in the, more specifically in the body of Christ, um, okay. Hmm. And, and uh, he told me yesterday, he said, because, you know, no phone, no gas, no banking, no very little food and water. Uh, he says, it's amazing how quickly we can adapt to our circumstances. Hmm. And he says, that's what we've done. He says, I, I, I he said 30 years ago, this would have been normal. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so we, we had such great success and such great development and growth over the last 30 years that by comparison to six months ago, this was awful. Hmm. By comparison to 30 years ago, of course, you know, we're not talking about guns and all that kind of right. stuff, mm-hmm. but in terms right. of their quality of life and the things sure. you have access to, mm-hmm. he said, you just, you just do with what you've got, which, you know, sounds a little like teaching of Jesus or something. Kind of <laughs> does, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 It's also kind of uh, convicting too at the oh. same time. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you think they draw their resilience from? I mean, it's that. Because because that, that that's what the news every time I watch almost every day I watch the the pic the pictures and try to get the latest and and the and the media just is dumbfounded with the res, the resilience of the Ukrainian people. If I had, it's one of the blessings of my life to have spent some time there mm-hmm. and to get to know these people and to stay in contact with them over the years. Because I know every one of those interviews that I, I've seen is absolutely genuine. Hmm. And it's not, I don't think it's what we would call nationalism. Hmm. It's something. That's interesting. Something deeper than that. And nationalism is a part of it. Yeah. You know, it, obviously. Yeah. But, but this is their life and someone is trying to take their life. Right. You know, it's not the dirt Although they love their dirt. Right, right. Ukrainian dirt. It's their home. I've, cool. heard, I've heard them it say it's their it's home. Their it, home. It, it, it's much yeah. more about home than it yeah. is about country. Yeah. Because frankly, politically speaking, Ukraine's not been terribly stable right. over the years. Right, right. Uh, they've gone back and forth between the Soviet influence and the independent movement and all that kind of stuff. So they're not fighting for that. Mm. Mm. They're fighting because this is their home. It's been their home. It was taken away from them by the Soviets. Uh, can't do my math real quick. 70 years ago, 80 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it, they got it back. Mm-hmm. And they're determined not to lose it again. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I, I'm speaking a little bit from guessing. Mm-hmm. But I, that's a pretty good guess. I'm, I'm real comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, in the it seems, I may be wrong, but... I've heard this, uh, I've heard Zelensky, Volodymyr Zelensky say this, you know, they're fighting for 
the world. It, they, they, they seems like they sense that this Russian threat is not just about them. Hmm. Well, I love Zelensky. I hope he's a good guy. I really want him to be a good guy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I listen to him and I feel like I'm talking about your hyperbole. I feel like I'm listening to Lincoln. Huh. I think he's a generational leader um, with whatever is involved in that. He is the right man for the right time, just like Lincoln was for for the Civil War. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and, and there's hyperbole there. I get it. But he's also smart enough to know the more the world is threatened by what's going on, the more help he's going to get. Right. right. I think he's right. Sure. But sure. I also think he's really smart to play that card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. Yeah, he's he has demonstrated incredible leadership, and in, 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 and I'm with you. It, Hope he's a good guy and yep. all that, but he's he is a leader. He is. He is. No so, question. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take it back to the the church for just a minute because, um, I mean, you've been closely tied to American Church. Your father was a pastor for years, and you know just, and I, I heard a little bit of it earlier. But what are the lessons? that we can learn from Ukrainian church when we see what's, how they're responding and what's happening there. That, that, that's a, a great question because, you know, when I went there, I was going to help them. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what, yeah. that's, that's the American mentality. <laughs> We're going to yeah. go teach that's you all the how American to be Christians. Yeah. We're going to teach you how to be yeah. dem- uh, yeah. uh, democratic. We're going to teach you right. sure. blah, 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 blah. Our way of life. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I, I ended with Vanya yesterday saying, you continue to teach me. You, you, mm-hmm. you continue to teach me. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when I was there, um, I was just so impressed with the humility, not the you're better than I am kind of humility, not insecurity, just humility. Hmm. Um, I'm trying not to jump off into a whole bunch of cool stories, but... Um, we like cool stories. Yeah, you're yeah. welcome to do that. One of the ones that changed my life... Um, boy, you're going to be sorry. One of the ones that changed my life was uh, on the last day in Kiev, uh, right there on the square where you see the the, the memorial, war memorial monument, and you know it's just a beautiful area in the middle of Kiev, and uh, and I needed something for my uh, twin nephews, and so I jumped into a little corner toy store that was there and was looking for something. <laughs> I thought I'd just go in and pick up a toy and it'd have Russian or Ukrainian on it, and right. you know that'd be cool enough. Right. Everything was in English, <laughs> and I finally found some Legos that cost 10 bucks for, for two boxes of Legos yeah. with, with uh, half Russian and half English. So, okay, I'm going to do that. So we're at the checkout counter and, and my translator, Tanya, who now lives in Canada, um, says to me, do all Americans spend money as freely as you do? Hmm. And I'm, I was so convicted, so ashamed immediately. I mean, 10 bucks. I mean, seriously, right. even 20 years ago. Right. Um, and so I start apologizing and I start, you know, I forgot, you know, cause hundred at that time, 150 bucks was considered, uh, middle-class 150 bucks a month, hmm. uh, was considered middle-class. And, uh, and so here I am spending you know, yeah. a good chunk of that on Legos. And she, she interrupted me and says, no, 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 no. You don't understand my question. She says, I'm glad 
that you are able to spend money the way you do. I couldn't do that right. I would spend my money on too many bad things. So Hmm. God has given me what I need. He's given you what you need. I'm just asking, is this common or are, are you unusual? And I was hoping she didn't say, are you weird? But no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And I still didn't know how to answer her. Yeah. Sure. But, but the, the humility in that and the spiritual lack of, of envy or anything like that, it just so consistent with everybody I ever met there. Wow. And huh. uh, I'm sure there are, well, I just thought of an exception. Uh, you know, every country's got their players and sure. Sure. I got played once. So, you know, th- those people exist everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, but, but I think the answer to the question is, is just is the humility, the, the genuine humility. Hmm. And to see them so aggressively defending their homes out of humility just amazes me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was at the farm. You've been up to the farm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I was at the farm a couple a couple weekends ago and my my cattle raising neighbor uh swung by and we were standing out and uh outside the house and talking and uh and we, the subject of the war came up and and he was kind of sharing his concerns and he made a statement something about he said um said you know, I, you know I'd like to think that we have the same kind of fortitude uh, uh, around here that we see the Ukrainian people, you know, displaying. And there was another buddy of mine standing there and he said, ah, cause I, I don't know if we do or not, you know, and I'm not sure how we would react. And he, he, he took just slight offense to that. And could he had a little more of a rural, uh, mindset, if you will. Okay. Being the farmer. And he said, uh, well, I, I can't speak to other places, but I, I'll tell you around here, <laughs> around here, we've, we've got that fortitude, you know? Sure. And I thought, you know, there's not, a, there's not a farmhouse around me that, that doesn't have a shotgun, in sure. it, you yeah, know, sure. Yeah. for sure. Um, but, but, but in the same vein, what, what Vanya said yesterday just really st- Struck me. He says you you adapt to your circumstances. Right. You, you adapt to what you have. Yeah. And I'm thinking we spend so much time worrying about the stock market. We spend right. so much time right. worrying about oh is Russia going to attack us? We spend right. so much time worrying about things that hopefully will never happen. Right. right? But if they do, mm-hmm. we will adapt. Right. Sure. Right. Whether, whether we adapt uh, uh, with a, with a spiritual response or uh, an aggressive military response or whatever, we will adapt. It's right. what we've always done, and it's what we will do again. And so the lesson to me is, I can't do anything about a Russian attack, so, right, you know, yeah. all right. S- some things out of our control. And I don't, it's all I out just, of our control. Right, <laughs> and I don't, think, I don't think that we really know how we would respond until you're in that situation. That's right. That's right. Yeah. You know, until yeah. you're right there then then that adaptability and that resilience that fortitude that perseverance all those kind of things start to yeah. kind of show their colors i, I know we're yeah. running a little short on time here but yeah. i, I want to one of the things that vanya told me yesterday yesterday was the 50th consecutive day that he and the russian orthodox 
priest and the Catholic priest, and as he said, even the evangelical, <laughs> meaning himself, even them, uh, yeah. because he's not been in good standing with them most of his most of his time there. But they have come together with a lot of the people from each of their churches in the town square, and this is a town of about a hundred thousand, mm. in the town square to pray. And they pray out loud, they pray openly, they pray for the peace of Ukraine, they wow. pray for the Russian soldiers that are standing around with guns watching them. Yeah. And they've done it fifty days in a row. And he said they'll do it until they can't. Yeah. So your question how what can the American church learn? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we yeah. can do a little more of that, I think. Amen. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you had to predict, last question, if you had to predict what the impact, and I know this is a hard question. I mean, it's a tough question. If you had to predict what the impact on the gospel will be and what the status of the church in Ukraine will be uh, after this war effort, what, what, what would you what would you predict? Vanya said 40% of the people in his city have gotten out. 40% of his parishioners have gotten out. Yet the attendance in his church has gone up since the start of the war. Hmm. Wow. So this, and Tony, you referred to that earlier, that you know there has been this big growth in, hmm. uh, in, in faith in Ukraine. And, and Vanya said that some of these people are people who used to be in the church and aren't anymore. Some of them are people he's never met before. Wow. Some of them are people who got kicked out of the church for whatever reason. And talking about the, the uh, Catholic churches and the Orthodox church. Mm. And they're now coming to the church being welcome, but they're coming to church. In fact, he says, it reminds me of what I saw in America after 9-11. Hmm. So I think the short answer is... The short, uh, the short future, we're going to see a lot of growth, and there's going to be an opportunity. And and Misha says this uh, this is a time for miracles. Mm -hmm. We should be watching for the miracles that God is doing mm. instead of spending so much time worrying about what's going to happen. Mm. Wow! Mm. So I, 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 that's just amazing. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. That's that's and, that's an incredible statement. And I do have one more thing I want to add. Yeah. If I have time, please. Yeah. There's there's a, a gal who is the the wife of a kid that I used to know, uh, used to play basketball with in Ukraine actually, and uh, he is now. In fact, he told me last night that he's headed to the front lines. He just got words that he's headed to Donbas, hmm. uh, and he said, "I I need a backpack." with food and stuff. Can you help me out? So I found out last night, sent my first Western Union wire, and 10 minutes after I sent it, he had it in his hands. So that was a good thing. But his wife can't see him anymore, obviously. Mm. She drives every day from as, as far away as Kherson to Poland. Mm. She drives from Ukraine to Poland with refugees. She drives from Poland into Ukraine with food, supplies, things like that. She has done this every day since March 2nd. Hmm. Last week, she went through Boca and Irpin and some of the Kiev, Kiev suburbs, and she wrote this. And 
Thank you for letting me include this. I want to write something. Oh, she's constantly on Facebook. I mean, she obviously is driving and clicking at the same time. And I wanted to <laughs> pray for that. Uh, yeah. yeah, I wanted yeah, to tell yeah. her, you know, don't do that. And then, well, you're wearing your seatbelt and yeah. little things like that. But she said, I want to write something light and good this Easter. But after everything I saw, it's so difficult to see beyond it. Buildings, homes, cars, people, lives. Some cars have holes from the dozens of bullets and toys inside. I can stretch my biblical knowledge to put some spiritual icing on this experience, but I can't even breathe thinking about what I saw. We are still very far from resurrection. We are still on Golgotha. Hmm. Wow. Wow. Well, I can't think of a better way to bring this... uh, subject not to a close but because i don't think this subject is closed especially for the the church i think that it's a matter of the prayer and um involvement as the holy spirit leads i can't think of a better way to end this podcast session than um than with than with prayer and uh, john i'd like to ask you if you would just to just to lead us in prayer, um, that God would uh, bring resolve to the situation, and that He'd be glorified, regardless of the evil that's going on around us. And uh, would you would you lead us in prayer? I would be honored. Dear God in heaven, sometimes we don't know what to pray. We know praying for peace is good and worthy. Praying for salvation of souls is good. And we want so much to pray for the good guys to beat the bad guys. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we forget to pray for the bad guys. Mm -hmm. Our friends in Ukraine, both in occupied Ukraine and in free Ukraine, the ones that are still serving their people in your name and doing things that may have been unheard of six months ago in your name. And I mean things to serve you and and their people. The churches that continue to meet, knowing that very likely they will soon be asked to stop meeting or told and all of that I pray Father that they seek your wisdom and they seek your will and they seek what you have taught us that your kingdom is not of this world and so even as we would like to see evil destroyed and turned back, and we hope and we do pray for that. We also pray that your servants are protected. Mm -hmm. We pray that your church takes the opportunity to demonstrate your love 
and that you take the opportunity to grow the church. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm thankful, Father, for what you're doing, what we cannot see, what we accept in faith. And I'm so thankful for the gift of knowing the people that I know and pray your blessing on all of them, especially Vanya. Only because I know him, especially all of them. In the name of your son, amen. 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 Well, thanks, John. We uh, we appreciate that so much, and uh, it's it's heartfelt. And you've given us a lot to to think about. You know, in this crazy world of ours, we never know what uh, to believe anymore on media and and what's you know what we're told and. Um, it's just, it's nice to, it's nice to kind of hear it kind of firsthand, you know, Mm -hmm. knowing some people right there in that, in that situation. So we appreciate you sharing. I know that's not easy to share. Uh, And I'm excited because you're going to be with us, uh, our next session. It'll be uh, a little lighter and uh, we hope that you'll join us. Tony, thanks for being here, man. Yeah. Thanks for doing this and John and, uh, Um, God bless everybody, and we hope you have a, a really blessed week. Thank you for listening to the Resolute Podcast. If you want to check out the show notes from today's episode or want to learn more about joining a cohort, go to decisionmentoring.com. The Resolute Podcast is available every Thursday wherever you listen to podcasts, including Spotify and Apple. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you don't miss new episodes. And finally, please consider rating us and sharing this episode to help grow the ministry of decision mentoring and the Resolute Podcast. Thanks. See you next week.